All right, Ben Standing from The Athletic is going to be my guest on the program today. Before we get started, a quick word about Window Nation. Can you imagine one million windows? That's how many Window Nation is now installed. They just installed their one millionth window. It's an amazing accomplishment, especially this year during a pandemic where they've actually been doing great business. If you've been thinking about doing renovations to your home, including new windows, please give Window Nation a shot. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. You can schedule a free virtual uh, estimate uh, that costs you nothing. You don't have to have anybody come into your home or... You can have them come home and give you come to your home and give you an in-home estimate, but it's free, so there's no risk. You're going to get 50% off all window styles right now, and no payments, and no down payment, and no interest for two full years. It's a great deal. Tell them that Kevin Sheehan sent you windownation.com or 866-90-NATION. Please give them a call if you've been thinking about windows. You can get an estimate and then compare it to another window company if you've been thinking about another one. But give them a call at 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com if you're interested in windows. You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. Ben Standing from The Athletic is our guest on the show today. Uh, We don't have a long show today, but we're going to cover multiple topics together with Ben. I know everybody enjoys it when Ben is on with us, especially when he spends um, some significant time with us, which uh, he's going to try to do here today. And and we're going to start with this because... I think I mentioned it to Tommy yesterday, and then on Monday when I had the day off, Scott Lynn was hosting for me on radio, and I mentioned briefly that there could be some other big news. This was on the day that the name statement came out from the team, but you know, just a couple of quick mentions that you know there could be some news coming out comes from me, who I'm going to tell you up front right now based on whomever it is that will have this blockbuster report on the Redskins, a bombshell, as many have described it, I know a tiny sliver of it, and it would be irresponsible, really, because it's not it's an investigative piece, which isn't what I do, um, and I'm not going to mention anything at this point, because I don't even know if I'm right. Um, I think that you know by the time many of you listen to this show today or tonight or even tomorrow, the news may be out. But with Ben Standig on with me, he's part of the Redskins beat. All right, he covers the team for the Athletic. He's part of that group of I don't know eight, nine, ten people who are consistently on the everyday beat of covering this team. I will start by asking you. Have you can you remember a story that was not reported yet, wasn't written about yet, hadn't been um, made public yet, that has had this much buzz in uh, the hours or days leading up to something that we don't even know for sure will come out among the Redskins media community, especially those on the beat. Last night, it was buzzing, national and local people, referring to this big story, blockbuster story. Jason Lockenfora uh, tweeted out last night, he tweeted out uh, last, I don't know, it was at some point last night or late yesterday afternoon, um, that uh, this was going to be a sickening report about the Washington Football Club. Um, 
what do you make of it, Ben? I, I, last night there was just so much buzz around this. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on as always, Kevin. Um, man, so uh, l- l- let me just p- paint a slight picture, and that is um, over the weekend uh, I was texting, I guess, so much in attempts to you know doing doing what I normally do, and then also working on the the story to you know to to to, to get the story out about uh, the Redskins firing. Alex Santos and Richard Mann that uh, literally I broke my phone. I was unable to send out text messages for two days. And the level of stress that that was causing me was beyond, uh, beyond comprehension. Wait a minute. Um, You couldn't, you could not send out a text. I know you could receive texts. Yeah, I could receive texts. The phone worked fine. I couldn't, I couldn't send out a text and I took it into like the store to, to the repair. And they were like, yeah, this is so weird. We don't even have something in our manual or how to fix manual for this problem, right? So I had to go out and get a new phone yesterday, which is whatever. But then, like, in doing so, like, I, I'm not great with change always. So the stress of, like, how do I get this phone to work? Where all the, where's everything I like? Where are all the bells and whistles I like and the noises and all that? So you'll, my point is, like, I was, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, but that's just, a, but I was dealing with all this, my, my own personal hell, and it was stressing me out. And then I'm, re, I'm going and seeing what's, what's unfolding on Twitter as you're discussing. Now, now some of this, sort of teasing stuff began on Sunday night. And I will admit that I, I was part of it technically. But what really pissed me off yesterday, and when I say pissed off, I mean legitimately pissed off, was that, the, 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 well, to your point, I've never, I've never recalled a situation like this where people are speculating over what a story might be that they don't even know what it is right. or anything. And, you know, I, I'm not pretending I'm Woodward and Bernstein over here and have all this scoop, but like at least in this in this one case, it just happened to be like I did break the story that I mean, you know, that or I had it, you know, first over the post by a couple minutes, but whatever. But about these guys getting fired, and from that story, Alex, Sa- Alex like, Santos and Richard Mann, the the, the, the well, two the two in their scouting department that got fired over the weekend. Right, and it wasn't. I mean, you know, without getting into details, I'm obviously not going to say how it all came to bounce. It wasn't like somebody called me up and say, "Hey, uh, this is the official announcement. We're firing these people. You can report it." That's not how this went down. It took hours. I got I got hence wind of this Saturday night. Took all day Sunday to get it to the point where it was a hundred percent. It was a very, it was ninety eight percent for hours, but to get it to the hundred percent part, like you know, it took forever. And my only point is that in the process of that. I was hearing things that about kind of to, to some degree what went down that this wasn't because they were you know the, the, that the Ron Rivera administration decided they didn't like how Santos and Mann handled free agency right I mean there was more to it than that but not a, but I certainly didn't have enough in my opinion in my boss's opinion to report beyond that but knew something was up and based on on the on the things that I was dealing with who I was talking to what what pushback I was receiving what non-help I was receiving, I find it almost incomprehensible that anybody could really know anything that they're talking about here. Now, I'm not saying some people don't have sources that could tell them things, but I feel pretty confident. I mean, if we, if we notice, what's today, Wednesday? They, the, has the team announced that these guys were fired yet? No, technically right. not. Right, so it's three days later, they still haven't announced it. I mean, on the, you know, so like that, that in and of itself says something. They're not talking. So the idea that all these people are running around and who do what we do and just sort of gossiping, it's one thing to sort of gossip when we're saying, hey, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I heard that so-and-so's injury might not be good and 
you know, so, sort of the usual transaction-y type of stuff. You know, that's not great either, but okay, at least that stuff. This is real stuff. I don't care what these, what, what, what supposedly is going to come out. We're dealing with real lives here, and even if people prove to be bad people, I'm not saying Santos or man, I don't, I'm not saying that, but whatever this report may be, it's real lives here. P- things will change. I mean, again, if you believe that everything that is about to come out is something crazy, which is what everybody on Twitter is, is, is speculating, uh, to me, I just find that irresponsible. I, I just don't understand how you, if you don't know what you're talking about, you run around saying, get ready, here it comes, but you don't, I, I would, again, I find it hard to believe, not saying everybody, like somebody like Lock and Four, who, who covered this team, who's a national guy, you know, he may know more than, 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 than me or most, but it's just all, other people, I just find it crazy <laughs> to run around in, in this capacity and, and, and suggest you know something, but you're really saying, I don't know anything, but I know something is coming, look out. I, I, I don't yeah. know, I don't get that. Um, so a couple of things. Number one, did you have the man in Santos story first? Uh, yes, I did. Did the Post credit you for that? Well, they. Well, I, I am one that pays attention to these things, but in this case, it's not an issue. That, that we both published it within a minute, and based on the the, the bells and the hurdles that, that I had to get there, there's no way that the post got it based on you getting me. it. Got it. Right. So, so they got it. We just happened to publish it first. I mean, I don't know how long they were working on it, but you know, I, I don't have an issue with that one. So it wasn't wasn't a situation where their reporter called you to confirm that you had it first and then printed it and didn't credit you anyway, um, <laughs> which, <laughs> no, no, no. which happened to me a couple of years ago. But we, we all know that they are hesitant to uh, to give out proper uh, credit. And, and for those of the, you out there that are saying, who cares? I get it to a certain degree. I really do because I think in this day and age, it's not really something that is remembered necessarily by fans. Eventually, when everybody gets it, it's like, okay, they're just consuming the news and they're discussing what it was um, that uh, the, the news, uh, they're discussing the news or they're discussing what it is that was broken and then followed up on but in you know a very small universe of people it is important you know it is important to Ben who covers the team and to you know Rhiannon Walker who covers the team that if they work on something and they break a news story this is part of what you do I mean it's just part you know it's not the whole it's just part of what you do um, but it's important in that in that universe uh, to get the proper credit for it um, and well, and also, I would just say it's not even so much the proper credit. My basic, the basic point of all this is this is just ethics. If you if you had the information independent of somebody else's reporting, I could give leeway to you not giving credit. But if you're just a couple minutes late, that could be of slow internet. Of course, I wasn't physically seated from my computer, or whatever. But if you literally didn't have the information until somebody else put it out there, then you confirmed it. Then you need to give credit. That's my basic standard. And the frustrating part is. When it when it doesn't go both ways again. To be clear, in this case, Les Carpenter, I have no issue with he. There's no like I said. There's no way he got the story because of me. Zero chance. Right. So but, he did but, what he did. That's fine. And again, I think this is inside baseball for most people that are listening. But I think it's also important to say that a lot of people in this market who cover sports in this market have had a problem with the biggest newspaper in this market. Not always. 
attributing or crediting those that had it first and clearly first uh, in the past. Yeah. And, and everybody, I think, pretty much has been on that end um, at one point or another um, over yeah. the years. Um, but anyway, uh, with that said... And, and, yeah, and let me ahead. just also just say, I was going to say, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Rhiannon. Yes, Rhiannon was was certainly part of that, and my our editors as well. So it was a, a, t- a team effort on the athletic. Well, I think I think you guys, the athletic in general, the athletic DC, obviously you and Rhiannon and, and the others, David and, and everybody. I think you guys have done a phenomenal <laughs> job on news. You know, the athletic in general has done a really good job on news. Again, inside baseball stuff, not every consumer, not every sports fan is, you know, really in touch with this. But being, you know, uh, in the business, I get a sense, and I'm not following it and I'm not keeping score, but I get a sense when I'm doing updates in the morning, as an example, and I'm trying to credit properly who's broken the story. And that, by the way, is a challenge uh, all by itself in many cases. Um, But the Athletic has done a phenomenal job over the last year, year and a half, however long the Athletic's been around, um, in breaking you know sports stories. It really has. Now let's let's again understanding that a lot of you may by the time you uh, by the time you get to this podcast, this story may be out there. So you know part of this conversation is very dated, but it's still an interesting conversation because of the buzz last night. Jason Lockenfor's exact tweet was the warped and toxic culture of the Washington football team is about to be exposed in a sickening fashion again. Um, Julie Donaldson um, called the news that was coming out uh, news that would be very sad. Um, You know, JP earlier in the week um, had alluded to that the name change wouldn't be the only big news story this week. Um, And I think what happened, this is my guess, you had uh, a story, so you were involved in talking to a lot of people when you broke the Alex Santos, um, Richard Mann story, which by the way, just as an aside, I don't think these are major losses to the organization in terms of um, their, uh, their abilities and contributions. That's just from my perspective over the years and watching their pro scouting department. Um, but anyway, uh, that's as an aside. Um, but I think everybody in the, in the Redskins media community got some sort of, you know, Hey, look out, something's coming and it's big. And my understanding, and I just want to confirm this with you, you think this is going to be a Washington Post story, don't you? Um, I don't even know what to say at this point. I, I, I guess I, I could just say this, that like, um, I, I, th- there have been points where I, I thought it could be potentially a, few, uh, a couple different places, and we'll see. Um, I, it's really hard to. I, I don't know what really what else I could say on the, on that front. Ooh, um, interesting. But, uh, well, I, again, I don't even want to. List, I'm not even trying to say that it's not them because obviously the logical response would be that it would be. Uh, you know, for 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 for, for you know, if, if it's not us or it's not you know uh, ESPN locally, you know, that, that that would be the place. But I I, I heard I heard some 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 mixed stories. But it, look, I mean. Supposedly, somebody was telling me this thing could come out, or I heard somebody told me this could be out by like Sunday or Monday. It's now Wednesday, right. and at the time you and I were talking, it's sort of you know it could come out at any minute, but it's sort of past the point 
where you think it would be out by now in the, in the, in the course of a day, just the way news is consumed, if you want to, you know. So I don't even know. So who knows when, when it, it, it's, uh, it's coming out um, for, 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 for sure. I, I guess to the point of, like, you know, how, how everybody, you know, look, each individual person, I'm not questioning that they don't have sources who could have told them things. Uh, I'm just saying it just seems incredibly weird. Pick whatever outlet you want, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, us, whatever like who who's running around saying by the way we have a massive story coming out just get ready i mean nobody's doing that and based on what i was dealing with with in terms of trying to lock you know tr- trying to get down the, the santos and man uh, story in the first place i mean I, you know I, I don't think there's that many people over there at the park talking a ton and by the way just as a quick reminder they have no team president no general manager um, so the only, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying people wouldn't potentially know some things, but like in terms of who would literally know everything, who, who would that be? Like Ron Rivera? Like, I mean, who could you even, you know, you I mean, like even in the building, at some point it just becomes gossip getting passed down the list. So I'm sure maybe you could imagine somebody told somebody told somebody, hey, there's something big brewing and that person telling people in the media, but like to what end? And then that's where I'm saying, like, even based on what I had heard, I didn't report things because. I didn't think I had enough, and that was with <laughs> All right. that was well, with talking to people. Let, let's let's get to something else. But one last one on this. Am I going off the deep end on this? Kevin? No, no, I don't think you're going off the deep end. I think that um, I, I think that it's the whole thing is odd because I think a it's lot of people, weird. a lot of people who weren't even working on something, started to hear something from people who decided to offer up something's coming. But I don't even at this point I'm wondering whether or not the build up if this story will even remotely live up to the build up. Yeah, no, 100% and this is sort of to another point about all this. Look, I have no idea again, I'm not I don't know what the details of anything that are about to about to come out, so it could be, you know, something we're all going, "Oh my lord." Or it could be like, wait, what? But that, you know, that, that, that right? Was, you know, the, the overhyping, like you know, for some new uh, new Avengers movie, you're like, really? That that wasn't all that. That wasn't that great. Um, but yeah, so I think that part is definitely a thing. And and you know, like like I said, I guess it's just, <laughs> you know, what 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 what's I guess on some level, what's the point of doing all this? Um, and, you know, if you're, I guess, what's your point for the media? By the way, just to go back to one thing. On Sunday night, I mean, to be clear, I did tweet out something that you could sort of, you know, connect to these other topics. But what I tweeted out was, based on what I knew at that point, having just reported the the, the story about the firings, that there was, you know, more going on. But at the same time, came the news right after our our news broke that they were going to make an announcement about officially dumping the team name and logo the next day. Right. And my, what I I tweeted was, everybody's making a big deal about this. And what I tweeted was people, this is not news. This is a distraction that we already knew that they were changing the name July 3rd when they said it was going under review. You don't review a very controversial name and come back out and say, yeah, we're good. Especially when you've been, when when you're saying what went, when FedEx and the NFL is coming down on you already. We knew the name was changing. And by the way, to, to further my point, the statement that was released on Monday was absolutely zero passion behind it. Three, three paragraphs or whatever, no quotes. The, the, you know, they had bigger blowouts this year for, uh, for like, you know, uh, draft night watch parties than they did for something historic like changing the name. The point is that this was just to change the topic, in my opinion. I don't know this for a fact, but just like reading the line. 
and and so I tweeted it from that perspective. Stay stay focused. There's a lot going on. You got minority owners who are wanting to sell or buy out the owner. You've got guys being fired um, at, at an odd time, to say the least. There's a lot going on here. Don't get distracted by that. But that's not the same as I wasn't running around saying, hey, there's something overly salacious happening. That part is just the, the, the weird part. Oh, well, that's the way I read it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think it's very interesting, obviously, with no sports, and yet in this town over the last two weeks in particular, um, there has been no shortage of, of topics. I mean, I, I can tell you that there was a stretch there, certainly well after the draft and before – um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the social and racial injustice issues, the George Floyd murder. There was a, a stretch there where I could sense anecdotally that people were really checking out of sports conversations. There was nothing to talk about, and in our world, the NFL draft is a big, big deal. And once we got through that, it was like, okay, well, uh, let's. Let's wait until we get you know some live games or wait until we get to training camp. Um, but obviously the Redskins name issue took over, and now you've got all these different issues. And it's really a matter of – it's a subjective thing in terms of what's truly important you know, for people because I think many people would say to you that the name issue is much bigger than Alex Santos and Richard Mann. It's much bigger than Kelvin Harmon tearing his ACL, that this is a, a – a trans this is a transcendent moment it's a uh, a potential you know major turning point in the organization and by the way shocking as well <laughs> how quickly uh, everything came together um uh, with respect to the name and now this bombshell of a story which may or may not be and by the way let me just suggest this this is total you know just thinking out loud you know if it doesn't come out or if it comes out and it's not nearly the bombshell that was promised by a lot of people that didn't know anything, um, it's very possible that it was going to be a bombshell, but things changed. You know, and, and maybe one of the reasons that it's not out yet is that there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes with respect to this story. Um, it, there's, a, there's a lot of possibilities, but you know what we'll do? We'll wait for it to come out or not come out and then review the actual story itself. I just thought last night in particular, I was getting, I was getting text messages. I got two calls from people saying, what's going on? What do you know? Uh, are you following this on Twitter? And then I get on, I'm like, wow. I mean, people we haven't heard from in forever weighing in on they've got something. They can't tell us, but they've really got something that's really, really big. And I'm talking about people who haven't been associated with the Redskins beat or the Redskins scene in forever. So I just thought that that was really an interesting moment last night. And, you know, Lock and Forrest's tweet was a very provocative tweet. And others had provocative tweets as well with respect to this. But anyway, there's been big news a lot here recently. Um, ben Standing, of course, from The Athletic, joining us. Uh, by, go- by the way, Kevin, just, uh, just one quick thing that we can move on, I promise. But like to your point, absolutely the name change is a much bigger deal than basically 
Well, I, I can't say basically bigger than this story. We don't know what it is because we don't know what it is. But it's much bigger, obviously, than everything else. The name will last for decades, and all these other things will, will get brushed away most likely over the course of history. But which is why my point is, if it was such a big deal, they would have done more than what they did. If they, You don't put out a three-paragraph statement for something that's so monumental that, that it's going to be noted in the history books on this date they announced they're officially changing their team, unless they're using it potentially for a different purpose. That's all I'm saying. Like there was no, we did, we already knew it was changing. The, the, you know, they, they, there was no statement, no quotes, nobody involved. Uh, just just a couple paragraphs. That was it. That's not how you treat something like that monumental, unless it's trying. In my opinion, unless it's trying to serve some other purpose. Okay, well, well, let's get to the serving the other purpose here in a moment because um, that's intriguing. And Tommy and I talked about some of this. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we have the same um, point of view on this, but. Just as a matter of getting on record, to me, um, for me anyway, uh, dispassionate um, about the name change compared to the way I used to be, I, you know, there's a little bit of, of nostalgia um, that uh, I have, and I probably will have much more of that when I actually see the team with a new name on a field playing the game. And I will never apologize for being nostalgic about that at all. Um, there's no chance right now in my mind's eye, and I'll be open-minded to it, but really this is one of those things I feel very strongly about, that no one is going to accuse me or no one's going to bother me with accusations of nostalgia somehow being wrong. Um, so uh, that is an aside. The most important news-related uh, story here in the last couple of weeks is the ownership story. It's the three minority owners, you know, wanting out. It's Tommy's report that Fred Smith led an effort to buy out Snyder. I believe that that effort was not recent. I do not think that Fred Smith is interested in owning the team anymore. That's my personal view based on some conversations that I've had. But I'm not disputing Tommy's story because I think it's possible that a year ago or maybe prior to then, uh, Fred Smith may have been more interested in it. I am very interested in Dan Snyder's position um, uh, personally and financially as it relates to the team because intuitively I can't imagine that Dan Snyder and his wife enjoy owning this team anymore. I just don't know how anybody as reviled and despised as this man is in this town could actually enjoy this anymore. Um, and then number two, and I've heard this a lot, is they're not their 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 net worth is very much tied up into the team, and now may be the right time to sell the team. And I did tell Tommy yesterday, and I mentioned this this morning, that. This team is a very interesting case in terms of if it actually became available for purchase. It is a very affluent market. It is a very desired television market. It's a very desired market from the point of view or from the standpoint of corporate sponsors with defense contractors and federal government businesses that are that are pretty much very often more times than not recession proof. Um, there is so much going for it, not to mention the fact that there is some level of pent up demand. Um, and at the same time, this is really interesting. To, and I said this to Tommy yesterday. I'm going to ask you about it right now. This is going to sound mean spirited. But this franchise is so much more valuable 
without Dan Snyder in it. So if it became available for purchase, someone would review all of the things that I just mentioned, market size, TV size, corporate sponsor, uh, affluence of the market, you know, all of those things. But they would also have to look at it as if he's gone, there's a whole new rebirth and resurgence of interest in this team from its fan base, both present and past, that could could emerge and make it incredibly valuable uh, once again. Um, I do believe that to be true. I think this franchise is not worth nearly uh, what it could be with him in it um, versus with him out of it. But anyway, um, you can you can weigh in on that. But I do want to ask you about the statement serving some sort of purpose. Well, I mean, I, I guess I mean, I you know, on, in terms of the statement, I mean, it's possible we're looking at it slightly differently. But I get my only point is, look, it, 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 okay. First off, obviously, I don't think anybody really thinks that that the owner was excited to to name to rename the team. Obviously, right, based right. on everything we've ever heard from him, and you know that statement, you know, uh, said said plenty by what it didn't say, which was there was no passion behind that statement. There was no. Uh, you know, the, the, there was nothing really, you know, about wow. You know, we we we've we've come to terms with, you know, or you know, everything we've had long thoughts, and based on that, we're we look forward to to to, to making a change and doing this. And but but it was it was just a very generic kind of a statement for something that is that important. But like I said, like there was no really even need to to do it, especially if you're not going to have some sort of a press conference to go with it. Um, we already knew again, unless unless people just don't understand how these things work, that like once they put their name under review. It was that was done. It was they were going. I mean, I'm not saying that somebody told me that. That's just pure logic. You can't go backwards at that point. Anyway, but like to your point, there is a lot going on, and I think instead of talking, you know, because the Washington Post had a series of articles in the days prior about the ownership, right? About about things that were going on there. There's obviously this other story we've already talked about that 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 that's looming. Um, and yeah, I, I just think that this was an, I, I think this was just some sort of an attempt to change. The, the subject. I, I went on. I've probably been on. Um, I don't know, ten or twelve radio shows in the last two days, national, not not just local. I mean, like around the country, and and most of them have to do with people wanting to ask about the name. And from a from a, if you're outside the market, yeah, I totally get it. You're not paying attention. Oh, they make they made this news. They're changing the name, and then they were like, "Well, what do you think about it?" And I was kind of like, "Eh, <laughs> like we already knew this. It, it's not you know locally. I don't think." Most of us were, were that big of a deal. So I just think that this this statement and, and, and is, you know, like I said, is just to, to some degree an attempt to sort of change the name. Um, but to your point about the other thing about, you know, the value of the, of the franchise with or without Snyder, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, uh, you know, right now, I, I believe on some level, I'm not discounting in any way, shape, or form that people truly believe that they should change the name, that they viewed the name as, racist, problematic, what, what have you. And, you know, I think those of us who grew up here, it's like, it's just, it's just such a weird dynamic because we, this is the name we all love and it's hard to the fathom that it's now such a hated thing, but okay, I understand it. And I'm not objecting to where we, where we've, where we've come, but I really think that on some level, some reason that the, the level of the outrage over this on some level is because of the ownership that if the, if there was a more popular owner or if this team had been winning for the last 20 years and not just being, largely uh you know uh, a clown show on some level i hate i wish i 
came up something more artful there. But like obviously one thing after another, after another, after another, that the perception of this organization is so down. I just think it's such an easy punching bag. I'm not saying we wouldn't have had, we still wouldn't have changed the name if Mark Cuban owns this team. And instead of being, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, you know, four playoff appearances in 20 years or whatever, they're a more consistent winner that we wouldn't have reached this point. But I just think the level of outrage is part because the view of this team with Dan Snyder as owner is so negative that it just makes so easy to pile on. Yeah, and at the same time, with respect to the name specifically, I think that there there are a lot of people that feel the way I do, which is had this happened after a ten year run of being you know competitive and competing for Super Bowls or deep into the playoff seasons, that there would have been a lot more passion. Um, about the name going away. I think a lot of people have grown apathetic. I mean, this is the – it's really interesting. Tommy and I talked about it yesterday, but before um, any of this came about, uh, Tommy said to me – and I'm trying to think the specific reason it came up, but I don't think I can remember. But he basically said, you've said forever, you know, when it comes to branding and marketing that – a major brand change typically carries with it great risk. And that's why I don't think they'll ever change the name. And this may have been right at the beginning of the, of George Floyd or the days after I I don't, the Redskins name thing was not in the, uh, in, it wasn't out there um, in in terms of being a conversation piece. Remember the, the Redskins name in general hasn't been an issue. And all of the momentum was with the team over the last couple of years, the 2016, poll, the 2017 Supreme Court decision, the survey, you know, uh, proud, you know, it, it, it had sort of died down and the murder of George Floyd obviously changed the the uh, country's climate for a lot of good reasons and, and a lot of, you know, curious uh, uh, reasons as, as we've discussed over the last couple of weeks. But the um, I said to him, this is the moment where if they're ever going to change it, this is two months ago. They don't have what they used to have in terms of loyalty and passionate customer base. That's been whittled away over the last several years. And you won't have nearly the same passionate response. And therefore, the risk is at its lowest level. Um, And of course, you know, it was like a week later, all of a sudden it's back top of mind. And I said to him, I'm like, this is what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. If they're ever going to change it with respect to, you know, risk, valuation risk, now would be the time. Um, And so anyway, I I don't you. you, So when you said about their statement um, that it was, you know, not very extensive and elaborate, which it wasn't, as we know, I mean, it was. I mean, first of all, Redskins was all over the release and it was about um, we will be retiring the name and logo upon completion of the review. There was no timetable. There was no quote from the owner. There was an emphasis on sponsors over fans and community, at least in the listing of of trying to inspire or keeping uh, people updated. Um, But I thought you were going to say the following, which is what I suggested to Tommy yesterday, and that is... Again, back to, to me, the most interesting topic right now. Could we be in, at a moment where the owner's considering selling the team um, for whatever reason? 
Well, the new owner, the, 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 the team would be even more marketable if they got to pick the name and the logo. Like, that's a possibility. Uh, oh, I'm, interesting. Sure. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that that's the reason that this – I'm just – I'm speculating that if there's any anything to the discussion about the team potentially being, you know, sold by the owner. Well, if if, if you're selling this team, it's, it's more attractive and perhaps even more valuable if the new owner gets to pick the name and the logo. And that this could yeah, be some sort of delay tactic as well. Yeah, no, that's interesting. It's kind of like how with the football team itself, the job would have been more interesting for us, more attractive as a commodity for for potential coaches if they didn't have Dwayne Haskins versus if the quarterback was wide <laughs> open and the guy could do whatever they want. Right. I'm not I'm not saying Dwayne just you know, anybody in there. Um, yeah, no, that that's super. That's super interesting. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I've talked to some people about this. You know, the idea of you know, could go. You know, what would it take to get to the point that Snyder, like you said, is just so miserable he wants out, whatever. And and you know, obviously, look, the money I think would be there. You know, he would he would do very well for himself, and you know, go you know, go live a happy life on his yacht or whatever he wants to do. But uh, some people also said, well, look, but this is his identity, right? Look, every time we see him with like Matthew McConaughey or somebody else who's connected uh, to the team, are they is that same is that same photo op happening if he's not the owner of the team? Uh, and you know that that you know it depends on what level of your identity is connected to this versus what you know how much is it you know just hey I've got a wife I've got kids I've got money. I've got, you know, I've got health, whatever else, whatever else things are important to you. I have all these things. Let me move on from this headache. But if the thing that is the headache is also the thing that you that creates your your identity, i.e., you know, meeting these other, meeting these people, being somebody that people want to talk to, if that had depending on level of how important that is, that could be the reason to not sell. So, um, yeah, I, it's a, it's a, it's fascinating. I'm not I'm definitely not going to let my own mind run away with the idea that he would. Sell changing the name with one thing. There's outside pressures on that. Him selling is a whole other story. And uh, you know, I, I, if we get th- that, would be you know on the list of shocking things of 2020. That would almost be to me more shocking than changing the name. Oh boy, yeah, it would be really close. I mean, really close because both of those things seemed uh, at various times in in recent years to be impossible. And the first ones happened. The second one. I don't, I, you know, I have no idea what the percentage chance of it would be. I think there's just a lot in play right now. There's a lot in play for everybody during these last five months. It's, it's had everybody, you know, to a certain extent, reevaluating priorities and, and, you know, health being so much more important. And yeah, I, who knows, who knows, you know, they've been over in the South of France on the, on his yacht in part, you know, I've been told because they're both cancer survivors and it's safer to be on that yacht rather than, um, you know, they're vulnerable. They have underlying, you know, vulnerabilities to COVID-19. So, um, but your, your point is also a very good one. And it's probably the reason more than any other he's enjoyed owning the team over the years, because when he's on his boat, you know, uh, and and George Clooney's, you know, walking from his boat to Dan's or McConaughey or whomever. I'm just throwing out hypotheticals and and guesses here. You know, they say, yeah, he's one of the 32 p- people on the planet that owns an NFL team. You know, that's a big deal. 
You know, that's a, that, that is his identity, clearly. Um, but part of his identity, too, that they, there's no chance they've been able to avoid is the identity of ruining what was so special to a city um, over two decades. And the personal angst and, and potentially even harassment that's come with that over the years. And I'm not saying just for him, but for his family members. And, I, and I've heard many times over the years, you know, what a first-rate person his wife is and, and how the kids are, are great. Um, but still, they are attached to him. And that, that can't, there's no chance that's been easy for any of them over the last several years. Sure, sure. You know, you know, it's funny, like we've now talked for however many minutes we've talked, and there has been not even, we've been, we haven't remotely veered close to anything football related. In the, in the dozen or so interviews I've done in the last few days, I've had literally one question about the actual uh, football team. And how many days, how many weeks have there been under the Snyder regime in which this has happened? In which, I mean, obviously, every organization goes through something, right? I mean, you know, whatever it is. I mean, there's things that happen off the field or things that are not about the the business, not about the actual football, but maybe it's the business or some other things that are in the headlines. And, you know, you go through that, right? But at the same point, just I would have to imagine this organization is one of the league leaders in this. And it just, you know, it just goes to the point of it just never, (laughs) it just never ends. uh, just the amount of things that, that are constantly happening. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I, as somebody, as you know, who covers the, not only the football team, but also the, the Wizards, you know, I've said to many people over the years, both you know, bloggers, fans, whomever, who, who give me the fire Bruce, fire Ernie hashtags, and I'm always like, look, I understand what you're saying. I get your point. What you need to remember is they didn't hire themselves. They don't keep themselves employed. That the people who make these decisions above them, if you think it's, if you don't understand why they still have this job, then you have to ask yourself what happens when they don't have it. Then who's there? And then the, and I'll be clear, I'm not com- comparing the two owners per se, but I'm just saying like you know Ernie didn't keep himself employed, and also to the Bruce Allen part, Bruce Allen wasn't here for the first decade, and that decade was arguably worse. Uh, you know, in terms of just running the football team, at least. So, you know, one, you know, they always say it, for any organization, you know, it, everything starts at the top, the good and the bad. And in this case, just over and over again, you know, this organization runs a certain way and there's only one constant for 20 years. It is interesting, and you're right, how many conversations over the years have had you know, have had the focus on things that weren't football related. I mean, right now, you know, even, I mean, we would be gearing up for training camp and having some of those, all right, what's going to happen at left tackle? What about tight end? We'd be having some of those right now, but it would also be a normal dead period, you know, in terms of the football calendar. But this organization, the the reason it's in the position right now is 142, 193, and 1. All right, that's the owner. Uh, that's the owner's record over 21 years and two playoff wins over 21 years. Two. And one of them came really in a season, his first, which he wasn't there long enough to F it up. Um, so really, for all intents and purposes, he gets credit for one playoff win. But, you know, it's, what's really interesting to me, and, and we'll get to some football discussion, I love the the people that ignore all of that 
142, 193, and one, uh, two playoff wins, and say that the media has been way too much a part of the Redskins' dysfunctional narrative. I- I've heard that. You've heard that. I don't take it seriously, but I think it's really interesting because it's so clear-cut in this case. They continue to lose. Um, they continue to not play games that matter, and they continue to embarrass themselves off the field year in and year out with one shenanigan after another. Um, and I don't know what's coming in this story, if it is coming at all, um, but I guarantee you part of the response will be, there's that media digging up the dirt on these people or whatever it ends up being. And no, um, we've all gotten to know, and look, as as a part of the radio station that I've been a part of for 17 years and having Red Zebra, Dan Snyder's company, own it for a significant portion of that period of time, you know, Tommy and I have talked about this, and 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 CJ and I have. We've been really close to some of the people in the organization, and it's not surprising. You know, it's not surprising that they continue to to fail. Um, I'm hopeful, like I always am, about a new coach that I like. You know, I do like Rivera and a defensive, you know, pass rushing prospect that I'm in love with. You know, so maybe a coach and a couple of players can totally mask the dysfunction behind the scenes. But Ben will tell you, I will tell you, anybody that's been close enough to this situation will tell you, the combination of arrogance and limited intellect is a dangerous combination in a big business, any business for that matter. Um, And it is submarine them time and time over and over Again, uh, anyway, let's talk some football here. Um, do you think there's any chance that Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon are on oh, the boy. shopping list after Kelvin Harmon went down? Oh boy, um, they definitely need to get a vet- they need to bring in somebody and, and presumably a veteran since you have you know the other top three players are are just kids. Uh, and, and I thought that before. I, boy, I don't know. I mean, in a realistic sense, my, my take has been that Ron Rivera recognizes this is an unlikely to be a playoff team this season unless, you know, Dwayne Haskins, you know, advances significantly or the Chase Young addition with everything else they have on defense suddenly turns that group into a real, you know, uh, top 10 unit and they're just, you know, making plays all over the place, you know, or, you know, breaks go their way and, and it, with coronavirus. Who knows how things could unfold. But, no, I think Rivera has played this to be, this is about setting the tone for what's going to happen going forward, changing the culture, showing guys how we want to do things, evaluating the young players. I just feel like Antonio Brown doesn't make no sense for this team at all on, on that front. And with regards to Josh Gordon, because he's just you know a massive distraction and completely unreliable based on what we've seen in the last, year or so with him as good as a, of a player as he is that's the type of risk that a team that's like a you know one piece away might make or if you have like the Patriots culture even they couldn't deal with with Antonio Brown ultimately uh, as far as Josh Gordon goes you know look obviously he's he has been a, a great talent but it's been a long time since we've seen him on the field actually do anything because he's had you know constant issues that have kept him off the field so uh, to me that just doesn't seem the way to, to go, I, I'm not saying they're going to go for this guy, but I keep looking at a guy like a, a Jerry is right. N- nothing flashy, 
just sort of your, your, you know, sort of uh, maybe a slightly better version of like uh, Brian Quick, you know, a veteran who's solid. In this case, he's a guy that's played under under North Turner. He's played under Ron Rivera. He knows the system. He's a guy who can mentor the kids. Like to me, I look for that kind of a guy. You obviously need to give Dwayne Haskins as much as help as possible, but simultaneously, you can't have something in there that's potentially going to mess things up. There's already enough going on, so I, I would veer from those things. I don't know if that's what they would think. If Rivera is making the call, I would, I would probably think he would agree with my take. But you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Jarius Wright, for those uh, that don't know, is uh, a former Carolina Panther, and I don't even know how old he is um, at this point. Um, you know, I, I when I was last night when when I saw the news about Harmon, I was looking at uh, some of the receivers who are still out there and unsigned. Um, you know, a veteran like Chris Hogan is still available, I believe. Um, I think Taylor Gabriel is still out there. I could be wrong about that. Um, yeah. Also, Dem- Demarius Thomas, who, you know, he, he's he's a little bit, you know, he's obviously with, you know, a Pro Bowl talent. I mean, he's had some some of his own issues, but you know, I think largely his his football issue is just like you know his his skills have have faded, and he's, that's why he's out of the league right now. But he is the type of guy where you could you know sort of sell it on a little bit of the name and also the experience factor. Uh, that could help people involved, but yeah, I mean, there's there's some guys out there. I just don't I don't think you need to go get Antonio Brown. You just need to get somebody who's solid, who'll help the kids, who'll help Haskins, and just kind of move forward. Yeah, the guy that played for the Chargers was out there too, and I was looking at the list last night. Um, uh, big guy from from UVA. Um, God, hold on for a second. This is going to drive Ralph, me nuts. Ralph Sampson. <laughs> Not Ralph Sampson. Um. Dontrell Inman, uh, he's uh, currently out there. I don't, I don't know where he was last year. I think he was w- with the Chargers, and you know, there were, he had a couple of years there with the Chargers, where, where you know, he became a, a favorite of of Philip Rivers there, uh, you know, a few years ago. And he's a big dude, and he's an outside guy, um, like Harmon. Uh, at least we thought Harmon would be. It's a shame about Kelvin Harmon um, because. Uh, in a new system with a new coach with a new outlook, um, you know, the year two for him was going to be so important. And I really liked him. I thought he really played well and came on and had some chemistry with Dwayne. Uh, and I thought that that was um, promising. And I thought there was a chance that he would step up and be a guy that would be on the field for a lot of snaps this year. Uh, I feel badly for him. He He's also a terrific blocker at that position. Um, but, you know, they drafted Antonio Gandy-Golden, uh, but now they don't have Latimer and they don't have Harmon. I'm assuming that they're not going to have Latimer. I, don't, I guess I don't know that for sure. But I'm assuming that they're not going to have Latimer. Would would you assume the same? I've been assuming that, but man, you know, in, in 2020, I assume nothing anymore. Um, I'm assuming. I mean, I was not sure he would make it to training camp. I mean, with you know, just based, with, based on the reports that were out there about his, his now his now legal issues, and and you know, I I, I was didn't think that was a particularly like, wow signing. You know, he's he's largely underachieved based on where he was. So it felt like it wasn't like you needed to have that guy here uh you know if, there, if there's some distraction um or whatever uh, as for Harmon, yeah I, mean, I really i really did like kelvin Harmon coming out of college I, I you know i get it he's not the fastest guy and that's why he dropped to the sixth round but he's got great hands 
They touted his blocking, like you said, a bunch last year. I was really excited to see what he could turn into. You know, look, I don't know if he would ever have been a bona fide NFL starter, but, you know, I like role players, too. You need guys who can do a lot of the, the, the dirty work, in it, and he, he could do some of those things. So I thought that, especially on a team this year, that, you know, realistically, if they're going to win, probably have to lean heavily on the run game with Peterson and Geist to help, to help Haskins. And, you know, having a receiver that can block goes a long way towards that. So, unfortunately, that's out the window. And, yeah, you know, in the short term, Gandy Golden – Look, there's a lot of intrigue with him. We, you know, his, his one-handed catch was getting thrown around uh, on Twitter the other day from something he did at a workout. He's really interesting. But, again, no, no off-season work to this point. He's coming from Liberty. That's a big jump to the NFL. I don't know what expectations are for this year. Uh, and then that's why the idea of adding something else is is is, is probably going to have to happen. All right, we'll uh, we'll finish up here with um, your latest column. After I ask you one quick question about Ron Rivera, do you think he's stretched too thin right now? Oh yes, absolutely. He remember back when the coronavirus started, which I mean, the, 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 you know, March seems like a million years ago. But at the when he told when he told us that he uh, had a meeting, you know, Zoom call with the players went over what's happening, what their approach is going to be, what they need to be working on. And he got done, and he was like, oh, snap, I need to like actually talk to the entire building. I'm not done. I have to talk to everybody because I'm it. There is no president. There is no GM. It's all me right now. That was then. Think about all the things that have happened since. He's had to be the guy to deal with you know, the, the topic of, of race in, in, in America. And, and he was the one that had to come out and, and make a comment about uh, about George Floyd and police brutality, you know, the team didn't. Uh, he, he's the one that has to deal with. As the, I, I assume, to some degree, they're real gonna restructuring the, the building, the locker room to deal with coronavirus and social distancing. He has to oversee that, and maybe he would to a degree anyway. But that's on top of everything else. And you know, I, I remember to your to your earlier point about um, people complaining that the media is sort of all over the the, the, the team. I remember I wrote a column a couple of weeks ago about, not a column, but a story like, here are the 11 questions we need to ask Ron Rivera next time we talk to him. And one of them was, what's your take on the name? Because at that point, it, we didn't know right. that it was going to right. change. Yeah. But it was but it was like, you know, it was, it was clearly in the air at that point. And people were saying, oh, you guys are just going to henpeck this guy to death. He's the only good thing we have. I'm like, hey, it's not my fault. Put the owner out there. He's the only person to talk. That's it. Don't blame me. Blame them. So yeah, he he has way too much going on. And by the way, because they you know, he he just also had to go hire two new people to replace Santos and Mann in the pro personnel department, which he clearly you know as he's been doing went to two people who he knew from Carolina, including old Redskins tight end Donnie Warren, which is interesting. But like you know, that's another thing he then had to deal with. So you know, and by the way, like who knows how you know I don't who knows how training camp is even going to work if it even gets off. This is an abnormal situation. It's not just like they've been off for months and then we go back to normal. Everything is different, and he has to deal with all this. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't. I don't know if he thinks this way, but for teams from the outside, he's he's stretched too thin, and they need to give him some more bodies in the building. <laughs> he has been thrown into the fire. I wonder whether or not if he could go back to you know late December and the possibility that he could be up for the giant job or you know the cowboy job um if he might uh have second thoughts now about coming to Washington um 
Uh, they're lucky to have him, in my view. A uh, quick word about Roman, and then we'll finish up with Ben on his latest column in The Athletic, which deals with a lot of NFL um, topics uh, after he talked to uh, 30 NFL agents. Um, if you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would your guess be? Well, the answer is nearly a month in major cities. So if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that connects you with a doctor licensed in your state. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. You get a free online visit, and you'll hear back within 24 hours from a U.S. licensed physician. If the doctor and the treatment's right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You'll also get unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you want, and you can adjust your treatment plan as well. With Roman, by the way, no commitments. You can cancel at any time. If you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com. Use my promo code SHEEHAN, S-H-E-E-H-A-N. That's S-H-E-E-H-A-N, SHEEHAN and you'll get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right, um, Ben's recent column from a day or two ago, he did an NFL agent survey, uh, survey talked to 30 reps. Um, ben has a ton of of contacts in the NFL and the NBA for that matter. Um, and that's why he does such a great job writing and uh, reporting. By the way, real quickly, is the athletics, is the deal still there for a free period of time if people want to sign up? Uh, we have a 30 day uh, free trial. Absolutely go go check that out. Uh, there's a lot going on across sports property right now. Everybody's starting to get back, so there's definitely a lot of interesting uh, stuff online right now. All right, Ben did um, a survey the second time he's done, or the Athletics' second annual survey of agents around the league with several NFL-related questions. I want to hit on a couple of them, and uh, the rest of you can go read it uh, from the Athletic uh, through that free opportunity to to sign up for 30 days. This, I thought, was a very interesting question that was asked. From an agent perspective, what was the most interesting or surprising contract signed in free agency? You know, we had this very interesting free agency offseason because there were so many quarterbacks on the move, big-name quarterbacks. Um, tell everybody what the number one answer to that question was. Um, well, I, I think the most interesting thing was Tom Brady uh, leaving to go to uh, – not just leaving New England, but going to Tampa Bay – Obviously, what it signals for New England that this dynasty that's been going on for 20 years uh, is ending, sort of, we think. We'll see what Belichick can do, especially now that Cam Newton's there. Uh, a lot of these conversations were held before Newton signed. But also just that his arrival in Tampa has completely transformed you know, what's otherwise been a relatively you know, middle-of-the-pack to poor, poor franchise with no real history, even though they've won, won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady has does you have so much juice as a player as a marketing. I mean, if if we were under normal times, you know, we'd have so much more discussion about Tom Brady being in Tampa and what it means, and you know, and and it just that that's the one that really um, the, 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 that stood out. Yeah, you're. Do you not know what the number one vote getter is? 
Oh, I, Kevin, my brain is scrambled. <laughs> Tell me what it was. I don't remember anything anymore. So uh, this is why I started with this particular question. By the way, I would have answered the same thing. And let's keep in mind, too, that Brady going to Tampa Bay was not anywhere near the odds on favor. Oh, yeah, oh Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston yeah, was the... Right. The, the, the Jameis yeah. Winston contract was the most interesting or surprising right, 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 right. to a lot of the agents because of what he got. It was a $1.1 million deal to back up Drew Brees. And I thought that was interesting because I do think he was very disrespected in free agency. And I still think that there's the possibility of a major second act for Jameis Winston. I think he's extraordinarily talented. And what we learned about him after the fact is how popular he was and how well-respected he was in Tampa by not only players and coaches, but the city and the media um, in that city. And I think that that isn't necessarily what people from outside that market thought of Jameis Winston. Um, I am, I don't, I don't know why I've always had a soft spot for him. I have no idea why. I just think he's extraordinarily talented and I love how fearlessly he plays the position. Of course, that leads to a lot of mistakes, but let's not forget on the Brady thing. Brady to Tampa was not anywhere near the odds on favorite early on. You know, it be, it, to me, it's the best fit for 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 Brady, I really do feel like they, they've got a chance to win a Super Bowl in Tampa with that talent around him. Um, but there were other teams. I mean, you know, we were hearing teams like Houston. We were hearing, um, God, refresh my memory. We were hearing Houston. We were hearing Chicago, the Chargers, uh, the Chargers. You know, and, and and Tampa ended up being the fit. I think it's a great, uh, obviously, talent fit, and I think it's a really good coaching fit for him. Yeah, yeah, and and again, uh, apologies. I, I finished writing that that story a, a okay. bit ago, and my, it, since then, the, the local team has kept my brain moving. Um, but the one, I will say this: the the one the one uh, one of the uh, picks that got received multiple votes that I thought was most interesting was was uh, some agents questioning the Christian McCaffrey uh, extension because not not so much that they were questioning it obviously everybody thinks Christian McCaffrey is a great player and they weren't questioning it from like a, from an agent perspective of like it was a bad deal they were questioning more like one we, we see the running back market just completely drying up these days because of you know the, as we all know we just running back just just get used and, and then thrown out in pretty short order and, and it's just there's really there's, oftentimes some of these guys even great players don't get that massive second deal they think they're going to get McCaffrey did but the other part was interesting, and I think this connects to a much larger conversation with sports in general. And that is dealing with with this COVID nineteen situation. Every league is going to take a financial hit, and nobody quite knows where the you know what's going to happen, what the end result's going to be. So to give out a, a, a huge contract with a lot of guarantees when you don't have certainty of, of the economic, and and also some of the agents were saying that they would have talked to other teams, other you know owners, people making who are in charge of the purse string, that, you know, for some of these owners, their outside business interests are taking a hit because of because of what's happening, and therefore they just may not have, you know, the cash to, to make the, the, the splashy deals they wanted to do. Uh, one of the comments was that they think that this was, that, that maybe the Panthers owner, David Tepper, I, I forget exactly his business, but he's, you know, even for, even for uh, professional sports owners, he's crazy rich, that basically he has, if I can say this under your podcast, FU money. And that that's why they well basically went forward and did that deal that they don't know if other teams would have done that. Yeah, he's a hedge fund guy, Tepper. Um, 
and is worth billions of dollars. And yet uh, Ron Rivera referred to him as David and his new owner is Mr. Snyder. Um, just just as a quick point. Now, somebody's going to say, I've heard him call him Mr. Tepper, and so have I. But I've heard him referred, and I went back and looked at a bunch of press conferences, referred to him as David, and I forget the wife's name. I want to say it's uh, uh, Marla or something like that. Um, but he was much more on a first-name basis with his previous owner um, than the current one. Um Yeah, you know, somebody also, one of the agents also said to you in this survey that the most surprising, you know, this was a a contract question, but the answer was just, it took Washington forever to trade Trent Williams. That was his answer, his or her answer, um, on uh, the surprise of the offseason. You had several questions in here about COVID-19 and, and, you know, the possibility of an upcoming season, which... (laughs) You know, right now is just uh, who who really knows. But I thought one of the interesting questions that was asked um, was, was the following. What was the biggest nonsense you were told or the media reported during the offseason? This is your survey of 30 agents around the NFL. What was the biggest nonsense that they were told or that the media reported during the offseason? And this is where I think, if I have this right, this is where I think the Brady part was. I think Brady was, some of the responses about the sort of Brady's future was, I think, the top response. And one of them, I recall, was, and this was, again, before the Cam Newton signing, that somebody was saying that everybody's anointing Jared Stidham as the great hope that this is why New England is so confident in Stidham that they could basically let Tom Brady go. That, like, come on, that's that's ridiculous. Reporters who clearly don't know what they're but, you know, haven't you know? Don't know enough what's going on inside the building, or just speculating on that. And then, sure enough, obviously, they do go out and sign Cam Newton. In the moment, it did feel very confusing. I mean, I get Bill Belichick has a particular brand of genius, but he's not really just going to let a, a year in which uh, you know Brady leaves to have to, to go with a completely untested fourth round pick from a year ago, and, and, and because everybody's going to you know, gauge, you know, can Belichick win without Brady? Had to figure he would do something. Uh, so, so that was. Uh, so, so that was, I believe, the, the, the leading, uh, the, the, the leader there. But yeah, that, that, that was an interesting question for me because unlike most of them, I didn't have any clue where they would go. Uh, you know, all the other ones you can kind of guess it's, you know, either, either or, or, you know, you can kind of imagine it, you know, asking that. Um, I, I, I really was curious what, what they would, what they would say. And yeah, there's definitely a wide range of answers from, uh, you know, involving Kaepernick, involving how the league really thinks about, um, you know, race, uh, what is their ability going to do anything with it? Um, you mentioned COVID nineteen, uh, some topics there as well. Uh, in that in that response, of that was that one was a lot of fun for sure. You also surveyed these thirty agents on the question: Do you think the regular season starts on time? Um, the answer possibilities were decent chance, absolutely no way, it never happens. Zero said it never happens. Um, Twenty two said there's a decent chance of the thirty of of the league starting on time and there's this quote from an agent when it comes to real games and owners losing money they're not going to let these games get canceled and they don't care about the gate receipts the gate receipts don't mean shit to them closed quote um this is 
You know, in Jeremy Fowler's story uh, on ESPN about the NFLPA and the NFL owners and the negotiation over how much money the players may put into escrow and whether or not players can opt out if there's a concern, a health concern, and still collect salary. Um, one of the, uh, the quotes in the Fowler story this morning was, they care about playing 16 games on television. That's the goal here is to have a season and have it televised because that TV money, uh, you know, that it's not coming back if they miss out on it in 20 in 2020. 100%. One of the responses in, in the, in the story uh, on this sort of general topic was one that really stood out to me. And that was basically, look, here's the reality. The NFL, by its nature, is a sport in which players go in and out of the lineup all the time because of injuries. It's a very much a next man up to you know scenario, far more than than the other sports. So it's already kind of baked into this. And that the, the perception was that, that one of the agents was saying that the owners will view this same thing with COVID nineteen. Somebody's out, great, bring in the next guy. But ultimately, it, it, even even if you have to keep these players separated to some odd degree because of social distancing rules or whatever. Even if that hurts the product, they don't care. All they care about is there's people out there in burgundy and gold jerseys, in, they got stars on their head, whatever uh, on their helmets, you know, the Minnesota Vikings jerseys, whatever the team is, they want those players out on the field in those jerseys so the product looks like what the product looks like. And I think we we'll, every time, like, the XFL uh, shows up and people get super excited, at least for the first little bit, this is what I always think about. On some weird level with this sport, it's the jersey. People just get excited seeing people in, in the helmet and pads, and on some level, they almost don't care what what happened. And we also went through this, by the way, back in the 1987 with the replacement players. I really think that they only played three games, but if they had just kept going and the players, the NFL players, never come back, I really don't know if people would have missed it over time. It, it was I was starting to warm up as a fan at that point to, to the Ed Rupert and. Uh, of, of the world and um, no 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 I I, I wasn't I wasn't people just get excited about whatever it is obviously it's, it's a relative level and this is a unique circumstance the point being that the goal is not we have to play the best football possible the goal is we have to get people like you, out on the field wearing the uniform and, and and put that product out there that people are familiar with. Yeah, that's that's a that to me that's a more um, valid point. I I think that the replacement players. It's a great story um, after the fact, and it made for a great movie. But in the moment, even though the Redskins players were playing well, Anthony Allen, Ed Rupert, etc., um, I was it was it was it was painful. It was painful. But you're a discer- but you're a discerning fan. I'm saying like for most people, it's the experience. It's the it's the putting on the you know the 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 the, the colors your your team jersey you know doing something on a Sunday yeah. uh, you know whatever I, over time obviously it's 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 not great but uh, you know it, 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 Jerry Seinfeld always had this bit I always remember that basically sports is you're really just rooting for laundry and 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 that really is I think what what the what the crux of this is they need to get the laundry out on the field and people to wear it and if they do that. they'll be good. All right, let's wrap it up with this because this was my favorite part, and I would urge anybody um, who has not subscribed to The Athletic to do so. 
Um, just for Ben and Rhiannon and all the people that cover the, the local teams, they do such a good job. And this survey of 30 NFL agents was very revealing in many ways on some levels. And, and my favorite part of the survey was your front office uh, survey. Uh, you had a question in there among general managers or front office leaders, whom do you trust the most? Chris Ballard, the Colts general manager, got the most votes. John Schneider, um, the Seahawks GM, got the second most votes. Um, remember, Schneider was here uh, with Marty uh, back in 2001. But then the question uh, among general managers or front office leaders, whom do you trust the least? Belichick got four votes. Elway got three votes. Bill O'Brien got three votes. Howie Roseman got two votes. And then someone who's not even in the league anymore got two votes. And his name was Bruce Allen. So Bruce Allen, not even in the league, finished in the top uh, in the top five or tied for tied for fourth um, in the votes. And the, the, it, there was this quote from a general manager. Manager. It was Bruce before his 2019 firing. I'm fine with everyone else. You know, Bruce was just the slipperiest of dudes could never trust, um, closed quote. So that was uh, Bruce Allen weighing in there uh, in that part of the conversation. There was also one of the, I believe one of the John Elway votes said, I would have been Bruce, but he's not in the league, so I'll go with Elway. Right. And then you you had a question, among general managers or front office leaders, who is the best talent evaluator? Ballard came in first. People, the agents really like Chris Ballard. Belichick second. And third on this list was another gentleman who is not actually a front office leader or general manager, but he has a scouting service, Scott McLuhan got three and a half out of, the, out of the 30 votes tied with Belichick in this evaluation of general ma- uh, this survey of general managers uh, of agents talking about general managers and front office leaders who are the best talent ev- evaluators and here are two quotes about McLuhan from agents quote one he's told me stuff way ahead of time that absolutely comes through I would ask him what he thinks of a prospect when a guy's a sophomore in college and played like three games and he said you know he's going to be a third rounder and I keep my eye on the guy and turns out he's a third rounder I'd pick many scouts brains but I just kept track of who tells me what and he's really accurate and then another quote the best talent evaluator I've ever seen closed quote I thought that was interesting that McLuhan was tied for second among 30 NFL agents in terms of the best talent evaluator. Yeah, and uh, you know when I, I, you know, this was the only question that I asked both both times uh, of of the GM, but all the other ones I were new getting to this one. And I believe McLuhan, I Ballard was first last time, but I believe McLuhan was also ranked was one of the top three or four vote getters then. And and in this case, there you know there were even some who. You know, they're like, boy, you know, Scott McClune's really good, but let me think of somebody who's currently active type of thing. So, yeah, he still receives a lot of credit. Whatever whatever happened here that, you know, it doesn't seem like it tainted the perception of him to a lot of these guys, and I think that's part because of things we've discussed already, that you come here, things go bad, they blame the owner and they blame the organization because why, you know, it's they're the constant, everybody else goes in and out. Uh, but, yeah, obviously McClune had a big reputation when he arrived. And, uh, you know, a lot of people still believe 
um, in, in, in his uh, skills for sure. He uh, was definitely praised. But John Dorsey, another guy who um, also not currently in the league, was both of them really had, had a lot of big fans that just were sort of almost incredulous that they're not in the league. Dorsey's one of those guys from uh, over the years that had you know kind of a big personality and and a way of handling people that um, a lot of people that were around him always liked him. Um, uh, but I think he was probably competent uh, as well. Um, this is a good read, uh, as all of your reads are. Uh, thanks for spending so much time with us today. People enjoy it. Um, follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Standig and subscribe to The Athletic. You get 30 days free so you can read everybody covering uh, DC sports. Um, I don't see the story out yet, Ben. So uh, the, the, this, this podcast, at least for a short period of time, won't be dated. <laughs> well, yeah, hurry up, get your editing uh, editing crew on, on that and uh, get up. I appreciate it as always. Hope, hope I didn't come across too jerky in the beginning. But this, this whole thing, I, <laughs> no, you did. between COVID-19, between, you know, being stuck indoors, between this crazy uh, team, you know, I'm waiting I'm waiting for the for the quiet part. Like, it was like two weeks for nothing happened. And other than that, it's. Never end. I think the the rule of thumb, um, even prior to the last five months, is you really have to understand that Twitter, social media, is not necessarily prevailing majority thought, (laughs) and isn't always the brightest um, and best of conversations. It can be entertaining, though. And last night, for a short period of time, actually more than a short period of time, over a couple of hours, it was. uh, If you're in in Redskin. I'm sorry. If you're in Washington Football Club um, land, it got really interesting, but still nothing uh, of a payoff uh, at this point. Thanks. Really appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Good to catch up with Ben as always. Uh, he does such a good job with the athletic. Go ahead and subscribe. You get the first 30 days for free. I have a quick word about Hawthorne. That's Hawthorne with an E dot C-O, not dot com. If smelling good is important to you because Hawthorne smells really good and getting Hawthorne cologne is so easy. First of all, you go to Hawthorne.co and you take a quiz. It's such an interesting quiz. It's probably something that most of you have never thought about. And that is learning how your personal hygiene dictates the product that you should be buying. You know, what kind of facial uh, skin you have or what your hair situation is or how often you shower or what kind of deodorant you use or what kind of body lotions you use. All of these things will add up in this quiz to a suggestion on products that you can purchase right from Hawthorne.co or what kind of cologne you should be using. They find out a little bit about your lifestyle too. You know, what do you drink when you go out? Are you a smoker, non-smoker? What kind of work you do? What kind of food you like? All of that is a fun quiz to take anonymously, um, and it'll lead to a decision related to cologne. Take the two-minute quiz at Hawthorne. It'll tell you the two colognes that are best for you. It's totally risk-free, and if you buy product, it comes with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. 
Hawthorne.co, use my promo code, and my promo code on this one is Kevin DC, K-E-V-I-N-D-C, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co, use my promo code Kevin DC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. All right, one last thing before we are done for the day. Dak Prescott and the franchise tag, which it looks like he's going to play on in 2020. It'll be worth $31.4 million if they don't come to a long-term deal by 4 p.m. today, uh, July 15th. Um, and that sets him on the Kirk Cousins path, uh, which is an incredible path that Cousins was the first to take with the help and the assistance of Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, and the Redskins organization because they did have a chance to keep him from creating this unique path of franchise tag after franchise tag into unrestricted free agency. Um, But he set the example, which Dak Prescott is clearly following. You know, Prescott, like Cousins, has had some very productive years without the wins and the playoff wins to go with it. $31.4 million he's due to make this year if they don't come to a long-term deal. Next year, if they're forced to franchise him, and it will, it will get tougher for them to get a long-term deal as he inches towards unrestricted free agency, which is always the goal for a player like this. Now, look, he's betting on himself to a certain degree, and he's going to have to perform, and he's going to have to do more than generate big statistics, especially on a team that's pretty good around him. Remember, Kirk was playing on a pretty bad football team as he was accumulating some of those numbers, certainly on defense anyway. $37.68 $37.68 million right now is what he would make under the tag in 2021. And then in 2022, it could be in excess of $45 million. This is not what the Cowboys wanted. The Cowboys have been aggressive in trying to get a long-term deal done where the Redskins were not with Kirk Cousins. You know, they have uh, looked at some pretty big deals that Dak has turned down. The latest offer was like a five-year deal with a percentage of guaranteed money, um, but the guaranteed money apparently wasn't enough. They could have increased their guarantee, you know, uh, to a higher amount, or they could have shortened the length of the deal. Um, but they didn't, and so Prescott's going to more likely than not play on the franchise tag this year, $31.4 million. That's amazing. You know, Kirk's franchise tag, if you recall, in that first year in 2016 was $20 million. It was 19 in, ch- in change. Um, I think it was 19.6 uh, in, in that year. And then the ne- next year it was 23.9 or 24, you know, million, uh, dollars. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot of money certainly, um, for, uh, for Dak Prescott, given what he's done. And a lot of people felt the same way about Kirk Cousins, uh, as well. Um, but you're going to put him into the top four or five in terms of annual average of quarterbacks, um, this year. Uh, really interesting that Cousins, of all people, and it's truly, it surprises me too, um, created this path and this opportunity for players to look at, A, the franchise tag is not being terrible for the, for the player, and B, a large percentage of guaranteed money. In Kirk's case, that first contract he signed with Minnesota, it was all guaranteed. Um, he has 
uh, really been creative and been a pioneer in contract structure uh, in the NFL. He and his agent have been. Um, All right, that's it for the day. Back tomorrow with Tommy.